This podcast brought to you by Earthlink. It's Tuesday, January 31st, 2006. I'm Molly Wood, author of CNET's Buzz Report. And I'm Tom Merritt, author of CNET's The Real Deal. Welcome to Buzz Out Loud, CNET's podcast of indeterminate length featuring fabulous date introducer and producer, Veronica. <laughs> Did I say that really high pitch? It almost sounded like you bit, got sped up there for a second. Yeah. Well, you were just really like, excited. You were just on fast forward with energy. <laughs> mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a superfood juice. I it's drank that Internet morning. Explorer 7 beta that's got us all. That's what got you so fired up, up today. I knew it. Yeah, clearly. Now, the, now, Tom, the time is coming. Tom and Veronica. Tom, especially because he was there when I wrote the column and then was viciously raked over the cur- coals. Now is the time that we will find out whether my column written so long ago, i.e. 7, so much for Firefox, will indeed come true. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, not right. now because the, the is, final version beta. isn't out, but <clears throat> this is the time when people are going to start talking about it because the beta's out. Tom and I both downloaded it. Veronica, I know you've been hard at work reviewing IE7. I did actually do a video for the beta. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. What did you, did you and you're it? not impressed. Oh, it, it's, it's got things. Things that do things. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's um, some, a some big of, move in the right direction. Some of those things polite. are, yeah, you're so nice perhaps it will do other things better um it does tabs but it does you can't reorder them but you can't reorder them like which yeah. is lame mm-hmm. my pen just broke i'm very distracted the pink one uh, uh, no the cool london hold one. on folks focus okay bring See, it back I together you, bring it back it in does, uh support for rss feeds but it's kind of a pain but it's kind of a pain <laughs> because it doesn't have <laughs> it's like it does all these things but so far ie7 it, it's great but kind of a pain it's great except for the things that suck it doesn't um, have one-click ads for RSS feeds, which is lame. And I've gotten totally addicted to the Firefox method where you can add a toolbar RSS feed right. and just drop down the headlines and look at it. Whereas this, you have to go to that dumb feeds thing. That I don't know. There's it, like a little... You probably haven't seen it yet. But if you have, there's a little... The interface is super clean, but the result is that you often cannot find things. It and took so, me forever to find the bookmarks. Yeah, so there are these two little buttons just on the left side of the toolbar. One of them is favorites, which is their dumb word for bookmarks. Hey, my pen just got fixed. And the other one is feeds, which is where all your RSS stuff goes. And it's not clear at first how you even add something as an RSS feed, I thought. Like you click the button, at the little feed thing, and then you go to the feed version of that site from that site. And then you have to add it from the... It's just very clunky. The ups- thing that upset me the most is when I restarted after installing it and and launched Firefox, uh, the first thing Firefox said to me was, the- Firefox is no longer your default browser. Would you like to change to Firefox being your default browser? I never told IE7 it was okay to become my default browser. Yeah, and see, I think that's really interesting and horrifying, but that didn't happen to me. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't change my default browser at all. Huh. So, yeah, I don't know. A couple of things, like at first, Control-T wouldn't work for Tom to open a new tab but then it did. The not being able to reorder tabs, like, come on. Wouldn't you at least look at the latest list of things that Firefox just added? <laughs> that Control-T thing was PebCAC, though. Was what now? Problem exists between keyboard uh, and yeah. chair. <laughs> that was me. It was just, oh. I just, just, so you mean user error? Yeah. <laughs> um, my normal keyboard command control tab apparently no longer works to get you into the URL field, which is annoying, like, if you want to copy a URL. But, but F6. F6 still works, which now I have learned that today, and it was very exciting. Um, I don't know. In some, like... It could be fine. It has. It does seem to have kind of good-looking security things. It has this built-in opt-out phishing protection where it'll send a link to Microsoft for checking. And then if you end up on a known phishing site, it'll immediately like turn the whole toolbar red and say, phishing website. Wow. It, which is, you know, 
I don't know. Could slow down your browsing experience, but whatever. Yeah, who knows? One interesting thing I noticed upon installation, you have to validate Windows to install it. That's pretty typical. I, yeah. Having just like reinstalled more more, Windows uh, from the ground up on a hard drive, mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of things that you have to do the validation on, uh, Windows updates. But things. it's new for, I mean, Internet Explorer, which is... Just a free browser. I mean, I thought that was sort of interesting that they now they're definitely making that part of everything. One cool thing I dig is it has a little button um, that'll let you do get all expose on all your open tabs. Right. It'll and just show them all really small. Which you can do in Firefox with an extension, but this is built into IE. It's built in. And then Tom accidentally discovered that Control Q brings it up. So super fast keyboard action. I like the way the Firefox extension looks better than the Control Q thing on IE7. Oh, see, I kind of liked how the... The IE seven one looks. I don't know. I'm not. You know. I'll try it out for a couple more days, and I'll like. We'll let you. Yeah, guys and we know still don't know buggy. about like ongoing whether it's a memory hog and all that stuff because we played with it for you yeah. know, twenty minutes. I am tops. certainly curious to see though because when I came in this morning after not shutting down Firefox last night, I couldn't start up Outlook because my system was out of memory, mm-hmm. and Firefox was the only. How thing much running. RAM do you have in that thing? A gig. Yeah, that shouldn't happen. No, Firefox. You hog- just never. Hog- you need to horrific. turn off your computer more often. That's all. <laughs> I never have problems with that. I don't want to. Yeah, but Windows programs are notorious for eating up your memory. Yeah, I know. But just it's just turn so, off the PC. It's, it's good so for the environment. It's fast and handy. It's good for the Dude, world. Dude, it's in standby. Come on. Think of the frogs. Oh, come on. This is not a frog issue. All right. When we come back, we're going to have a rumor cornucopia involving Google, Napster, TiVo, Cisco, Dell, AMD, and Microsoft. Stay tuned. Do you believe anything is possible? At Earthlink, we do. We believe the same company that delivers your lightning-fast DSL connection can deliver your home phone service and wireless service, too. One company for all your communication needs. Visit earthlink.net and start believing today. Earthlink, we revolve around you. Now that sounds like a party. Are you ready? <laughs> Let's get we it on. We are cooking it up. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's Rumors. start with Google. Get it out of the way. Google at work on desktop Linux called Gubuntu. Yeah, so they would take the... Uh, <laughs> say it again, say it again. Gubuntu. So they would take the uh, the Ubuntu distribution, which is a bootable CD version of Linux that is very good at recognizing drivers and, and being able to be used on many different systems instantly, mm-hmm. and they would create a Google version of it. Called Gubuntu. <laughs> say it again. No, no, no. no. <laughs> We're done. No, everybody everybody was like, no, please don't say Meanwhile, it Meanwhile. Um, Google has confirmed, with though. With one hand. Slightly beyond rumor stage. Google has confirmed it is working on a desktop Linux project called Gubuntu. They have confirmed that it's called Gubuntu? Yeah. yeah. Oh. But they have declined. I didn't know that Did part. you even read the article? Yeah, come on, dude. But they have declined off, to supply further details. <laughs> it, it could possibly just be an internal thing that they like to play with. That's what it says, right? Yeah, they say it could be for wider deployments on the company's own desktops as an alternative to Microsoft, but it is still at this point for internal use only. (laughs) But it's possible Google plans to distribute it to the general public as a free alternative to Windows. Well, of course they do. And with one hand, they create a desktop operating system. With the other hand, James Kim says that CNET News is reporting that Napster has been in talks with Google (gasps) to buy Napster. No. Goo Napster, do Napoogle, Napoogle, <laughs> Napoogle, Napoogle. I like it. That sounds bad. Uh, apparently, Napsters did say to Reuters last week that they are not looking to be sold. But as we all know, that sometimes doesn't matter. Several weeks ago, <laughs> we were talking about Napster going out of business. So, which one would you rather have? Yeah, bought Jam- by Google or James Kim um, speculates that it would actually be a, a pretty good thing if Google bought Napster because Napster is very uh, a strong brand. But it's in trouble, and so Google could be just the kind of thing to save it 
and then maybe also it would give them a boost and they wouldn't have to build their own kind of digital music service. Yeah, and all the all the talking heads have been saying that Google's been planning on putting out a Google iTunes competitor. So it makes perfect sense. Yeah. It's just, we talked about that last week, right? Google Tunes. Did we? Yeah. So. Was it the day I was gone? Because I don't maybe. remember that. Yeah, oh, it may have maybe. been Friday with Vince. But Bear Stearns, the um, analyst company, uh-huh. analysis company. That said, guy? That guy, Bear, <laughs> said that... Uh, um, that was an inside joke, and we apologize. Um, said that he thought that Google would indeed put out Google Tunes, and now that they've put out Google Video, and that as a result, you should buy their stock if you can freaking afford it, which you can't because it's over $400 a share. Wow. <sighs> okay. So anyway. Moving on. Moving on. Something that doesn't involve Google but does involve an acquisition. TiVo, could they be bought by Cisco? <laughs> I was trying. I almost said Napster for some reason, which would be ridiculous. Also, yeah, Cisco? Cisco has apparently been making noises about getting into home electronics mm-hmm. uh, moving into the consumer electronics market so people are speculating that yeah maybe they would buy uh tivo because they also they apparently have already announced plans to spend 6.9 billion dollars on scientific atlanta which makes cable set top boxes and then they now make that dvr that you saw that you did the video on at ces yeah. the um mc100 mm-hmm. which is a built-in dvd burner yeah it's the first first set top box for cable that had dvd burner built into it so, yeah, you buy Scientific Atlanta, which already has deals with cable companies. Yeah. And you buy TiVo, which makes the best operating system to date so far for des- for this kind of cable t- set-top box. And you mash them together, and you've got TiVo in cable homes. Bingo. Wow. And then Cisco is printing money. So does that mean that this still is not a good time for me to be buying a TiVo? <laughs> Will there ever ever be a safe time for me to purchase a TV. No, you might, as well, you might as well just do it because who knows if this is even going to happen. Well, it sounds, yeah. And if the, it happens, it won't happen for a long time. A, so, According to the news.com story, there's no indication that Cisco is looking to buy TiVo and details regarding a potential partnership are scant. This okay. is pure speculation. This is pure speculation. But, it's, but it makes sense. It does make sense. But go ahead and buy your TiVo. Okay. Safely. Yeah. Do it tonight. Do it, to- <laughs> do it I know. Do it now. If you had bought this three months ago, like we said. In fact, let Bonnie finish the the. Just go now. Go get it. <laughs> uh, r- final final rumor is uh, involving the Dell flirting with AMD thing. This is on the register today. It said uh, that the Dell embrace of AMD processors may turn from myth to reality. I love the way the register writes. I know. It's so poetic, isn't it? Uh, according to this story, a uh, financial analyst claims that Dell will begin slotting AMD's chips into its notebook product line, its laptops, and then likely move to use AMD chips in servers and desktops after that. Yes. Doug Friedman, in his note to customers, says, we believe there will be an AMD Dell deal announced very soon. More specifically, we believe it will come as early as March. Wow. I know. But I thought this is interesting because I thought most recently I had read that Dell was backing up a little bit. Backing off the, of the, the hookup rumors. Well, and the other thing is AMD can't, they mentioned this in the story too, AMD can't produce enough chips to fulfill all of Dell's need yet. Right. So it, it, they wouldn't be dumping Intel anyway. It might just be a little, a dalliance. A dalliance. You know? A little on the side yeah. sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although it, I, it would be interesting. Okay, AMD, we'll keep an eye on it. AMD not messing around. Now, we mentioned yesterday about Congress uh, messing with their profiles on Wikipedia uh, for several congressional members that maybe staffers were jumping in and changing things. Maybe. They definitely Well, actually, were. they were. You look at the edit history, and they were. Yeah. They uh, said so, the one guy smelled like cow dung. Yeah. And then... <laughs> there, was a, there were some, like... <laughs> There were some factual error uh, things. There were some other things that were less factual that were changed. 
but apparently Wikipedia has taken some action and blocked the IP ranges of U.S. Congress <laughs> for at least a week until the issue can be addressed. Oh, man. That is absolutely awesome. It's just good to know that the country is in such safe hands, you know, that these guys... <laughs> These guys are not messing around with the, the seriousness, the gravity of United States governance. What? Who? This guy smells like cow dung. And uh, no, he absolutely was not involved in any sort of um, breaking campaign pledges. That's the kind of stuff that they've put in there. Oh, but yeah, I, I thought you meant it was in good hands because of Wikipedia being no, able to these stand con- up. No, with these congressional staffers who, as we all know, secretly actually do run the country. Yeah. In the uh, little black room in Iceland. Anyway, it's kind of nice to know. And there is, as you would expect, a an extensive Wikipedia entry on this very subject, which you can get to from Slashdot. All right. Uh, a little rumor mongering on Slashdot itself, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fishmasta wrote a posting, said he's at a major university, but he uh, wouldn't say which. I think which. that's Fishmasta. Fishmasta, Fishmasta, tomato, <laughs> tomato. He's at a major university. <laughs> He's studying the music industry. And so he got to talk to an executive from Warner Brothers, or she. Uh, and the executive from Warner Brothers, who is a she, brought up an idea that they want to try something where all file sharing is legalized by paying 4 to $5 a month through your ISP mm-hmm. and that all the downloads are permanent. So it would be more of just a licensing scheme. And you can get them from any source and do what you want Absolutely with them. makes sense. Absolutely makes sense. But because Fishmasta doesn't actually say what university they're at or where this talk happened, I'm a little skeptical. To say the least, yeah. yeah. Absolutely makes sense, which is why it will never, ever happen. Anyway, the Slashdot posting goes on to say, would you pay a fee for each month if you could get all the music you want? Hell, yeah, absolutely. Hell yes, right. absolutely. 4 to $5 a month for all the music I want, then the downloads are, I can keep them. And presumably I would be able to transfer them to any device I wanted. I mean... Yeah. Why wouldn't I? It's just a licensing fee. It's great. Yeah. This is, I mean, again, this is the kind of thing that, yeah, they should have done this six years ago or whatever when they were freaking out about P2P at universities. And which is why they'll never do it. Yeah. No, they never will. Well, and they, they, and the reason that they won't is they they won't be able to get the licensing agreements. You know, it's not just like they don't. Talk about it. Yeah. I mean, no. You, can you imagine? I'm all choked up just thinking about it. Can you imagine Sony BMG being like, "Yeah, we think that every single thing in our catalog is worth roughly two dollars a month." To you know, no, they're just no. The, the greed will not. They'll never out. all agree on anything ever. Speaking of profits, I don't know future profits. Yeah. I don't know. Speaking of China, <laughs> which we weren't, but hey, why not? Microsoft has updated its blogging policy. This is another in the, the series of, is Microsoft trying to be more of a good guy these days? Uh, because after outrage from many of its own employees mm-hmm. over the censoring of a Chinese blogger, Microsoft has formulated a new policy to deal with requests from a government that alleges posted material violates its law. This is on InfoWorld today. Mm-hmm. And those measures were detailed by Microsoft's lawyer, Brad Smith. So they would only remove blogs when they were given proper legal notice and even then only block access to material within the country where it is deemed unlawful. So you could still access the blog from outside the country. Mm -hmm. And uh, that is a much more, I mean, it's it's not taking a firm stand against censorship, but it's a much more uh, firm stand, at least involving censorship, than they had before. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Uh, You know, I I think Microsoft is, yeah. They've gotten pretty reasonable lately. <laughs> you're, you're kind there's of, only there's only so the far I can go. been sucked out here, of you know? your ramp. <laughs> I think Microsoft is okay. I think right I don't now. know. I don't you know. You sound so sad. 
I think all of the doing business in China stuff is extremely problematic. It's good to see Microsoft actually dealing with it in terms of policy. Like, okay, we have a policy. If the government of China comes to us and says that this blog is violating the law, we're going to deal with it somehow, you know, as opposed to just like, ah, we don't want to screw up our China thing. So all about business. Yeah, it is. And press. Um, this is pretty interesting. This story, I saw it a couple days, actually, a couple days ago, but it was the day that Veronica wasn't here, this World of Warcraft story. Oh, so you saved it for me? Yeah. Yes. Awesome. We saved it. And also, it's gotten, like, it's really it's blown really... up. Um, this woman st- started a, a guild that was GLBT friendly. Mm-hmm. And the World of Warcraft, the Bungie people warned her, basically, and said that GLBT violated the term. Sorry, Blizzard. Oh, how embarrassing. Ooh. Um, and we should say gay, g- gay lesbian, GLBT bisexual. stands for, yes, gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender. Um, and they wrote to her and said, you can't start this guild because the term GLBT violates the game's sexual harassment policy. Yeah, this is pretty interesting. But I think that, I don't know, at first I got all up in arms because I'm like, oh, I can't believe they're doing that. But then I really thought about it and I read more into the article and they said how, you know, predominantly there's young male people who are playing in the massively multiplayer online role playing games. Mm -hmm. And there's always a chance that people are going to start talking and saying things that are inappropriate aimed at the people who are in these guild. Mm. So what so what so you think what Blizzard is trying to do actually is to protect the people starting that guild from well, okay. I know, I know it's it's I know it sounds a little sketchy, but I think that they have the best intentions. I don't think they're trying to start any kind of trouble in any way. And it was it was originally one of the game masters, people who look out for Blizzard's interests within the game and and try to like contain low level um, fights and arguments within the game. And mm-hmm. and she originally thought um, that it was just some a personal thing, and then Blizzard got more involved into it. Right. And, well, and Blizzard does have a statement saying what you said, basically, which is that they're trying to avoid potential problems. Then right. it says the same exact thing in the news.com story. In a gaming world where many players are young, male, and prone to hurling insults. Yeah. Particularly always- if you have played any games online, particularly insults of the sexual orientation variety. Yes. It's always a fine line in any community situation of where you say you know what, you can't say that for your own good mm-hmm. or for the good of the community. Like maybe what you're saying in and of itself isn't so bad, mm-hmm. but it's going to lead to a flame war. It's going to lead right. to, to some bad behavior. But you know what, can That's you... That's always controversial when you do it because you, you're taking preemptive action. It's, it's prior restraint, right? Yeah. Because you're saying, I'm going to censor you, but it's for your own good. And specifically in this case, it's not like, you know, I'm censoring the people who might potentially insult you. I'm censoring you so that you don't get insulted. But it's not about protecting that person's feelings or it's not about necessarily specifically protecting that guild from harassment. It's about keeping it from erupting inside the game. And it's also just about using that phraseology. It's not... they. They're not word? saying they well, have the, to. The funny thing is, though, is that I've seen Christian guilds uh-huh. online right. before. And I'm like, well, okay. I know in their policy they say you can't... You're not supposed to do anything based on religion either as, as well as sexual identification. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... I, I've definitely standard. seen that in the game. Mm-hmm. Why aren't they preventing that from happening? Exactly. So it, it's it's a double-edged sword. I'm not really sure where I stand on it right now, I guess. Yeah, me, I don't think it's a good idea. I don't. I Which really don't. not a good idea. I, I don't think that you can come and say you have to stop recruiting for this guild. Like, you know what? This this player and these players are making that choice within the game. And you can't, unless you're going to apply your policy in a blanket way, you can't 
scythe. You can't pull them out. I agree, but I and see be like, where we don't from. want a bunch of gamers to to attack you because that's trouble for our game. You know, it's tr- it's, like, it's not well, just trouble for their game. It, it could be trouble on a on a legal level as well. It could really erupt into a lot more like harassment. So I, it's a sticky situation. I see yeah. where they're coming from on the on the matter. I don't agree with it necessarily on a personal level, but I can see why they're doing it from a business perspective. Well, yeah, but that's kind of yucky. Yeah, well. Your business shouldn't be about, like, putting down. It, it, your business shouldn't be about stopping people from identifying themselves, you know? Well, and that's the key thing. This is just in the recruitment message. It's not like the guild has even named anything. Uh, well, they don't uh, they, they don't say you know? what the name is. Yeah, it's just. Yeah. They don't say what the name is. All, they're saying, all they've said in the story is that in a recruitment message, uh, she said GLBT friendly. Right. So, so it's it's definitely censorship of discussion in that way. Yeah, uh, uh, mm. I think we should skip on down to voicemails. Okay, uh, but real quickly to set up the first voicemail, we have to talk about this posting on Slashdot, where uh, they said that publishers yeah. say fact checking is too costly. I thought you were going to skip that one. I was like, wait, no. Members of the book publishing industry say that profit margins are too small to fact check nonfiction books, so instead. They rely on the honesty of the authors submitting the book. And this has come to a head with the revelation from the authors of Million Little Pieces, of course. Right. Uh, I think mm-hmm. everybody's heard about he lied about the accounts in his memoirs. So uh, pub- fact-checking too costly, say publishers. We say, no, it's not. Not if you have Christopher <laughs> in New York. Hey, this is Christopher in New York. I'm your ace fact-checker, and I'm calling to mention that when you talked about uh, John Sununu, you, uh, Tom mentioned something about, oh, yeah, wasn't he the one with the postage stamps? That was actually his father, John Sununu, um, who had a bit of a scandal involving planes and postage stamps. But when I was checking, when I was Googling John Sununu, uh, I came across the even more scandalous fact that he, quote, enjoys the music of Zamfir, master of the pan flute. If it's on the Internet, it must be true. However, um, his son, John Sununu, seems to be the one who's got his act together about DRM and enjoys his iPod. Anyway, keep up the good work. Thanks. Bye. I, I got confused. I didn't realize it was John Sununu Jr. Look at that. Why doesn't he call himself John Sununu Jr. then? Maybe he does. I don't yeah, know. I don't know. Do you think that John Sununu really enjoys the music of Zamfir? What, I, what I think the real question here is, are there pirated versions of Zamfir's music on John Sununu's iPod? <gasps> Scandal. Did his father put them on there? I think we need, <laughs> the public needs to know. I will say that after a brief stint in the book industry, I, I don't think you can fact check an entire book. It's awfully hard. Having yeah. I've only even dabbled in the book. Turns industry. out, I discovered, much to my dismay, books are really long. Unless you have Christopher <laughs> Neal. Oh, actually, you know what? <laughs> at, uh, and at, if you're a book editor, you have to edit the whole thing. <laughs> really? Yeah. You have to finish it? Uh-huh. Wow. It's like totally inconvenient. It's one of the reasons it O'Reilly... It for freaking ever. It's it, awful. It's one of the reasons O'Reilly is putting up the partial books on the web so that people mm-hmm. like Christopher in New York can, can help them catch errors. There you go. Go get them. <laughs> Google, low-cost fact-checker. All right, speaking of going and getting them, Adam has something pretty funny in uh, Atlanta. Hey, Tom, Molly, Veronica, this is Adam from Atlanta. Just wanted to leave you a quick uh, bit on something copyright-related that's not in the tech world. thought you might find this interesting. Uh, maybe you've heard about it already. The uh, Texas A&M University is asking the Seattle Seahawks, the Super Bowl-bound Seattle Seahawks, to stop using the term 12th man. Uh, Seattle, if you don't know, has signs up in their stadium uh, supporting their fans, calling their fans the 12th man 
uh, sort of an inspirational help on the field kind of thing by being such a uh, loud and raucous crowd. They call him the 12th man. Um, I, it doesn't say anything about them selling any merchandise or anything, but they ask him to stop calling them that. And uh, apparently uh, Texas A&M says, quote, we have the responsibility and legal obligation to protect the university's trademarks, which in this instant is the 12th man. Uh, just thought that was kind of funny and uh crazy copyright that's actually made its way out of tech and out of the normal realms that we usually talk about and into the sports world. Talk to you guys later. Great podcast. Love listening to you guys. That's just, I mean, I know it's not technology, yeah. but it goes along with the whole copyright stuff that we've been that talking about. Um, I did look a it up. A legal objection. They have a it, legal obligation. And it is true. They to have sue the Seahawks. A restraining order. Against the Seattle Seahawks. But you know what? Does that if mean anything is big money out there in the world? It's freaking college football. Does that mean the Seahawks can't come within 100 feet of, of uh, College Station, Texas? <laughs> I don't know. But you know what? They're not. I bet, like, I bet the Seahawks will go, okay, we'll totally stop using it right after the Super Bowl. Yeah. Hook them <laughs> horns. That's all I have to say to you, Aggies. All right. I just uh, had to shut up to say it. In we've got a uh, phone call back from Peter. He was the guy who uh, sold his iPod on eBay. Tells us how much he sold it for, and then he's got a couple other good comments. Hi, this is Peter. Uh, I was the one who sold the iPod on eBay, and I just want to mention that I only got like thirty extra dollars for it. But then again, it was a one gig shuffle, so I wasn't expecting that much. And if people are looking for iPods with preloaded with music, then eBay is okay, but I would definitely look on Craigslist before you looked on eBay. I also wanted to uh, make two comments. Um, I downloaded the software for Palm Pilots where you can watch movies on them, and it works great. I have a TX, and uh, I have no reason to buy an iPod video now. And I also wanted to mention that I tried to download that free episode of Drawn Together you guys were talking about on yesterday's podcast, but it didn't seem to show up on iTunes. And I was wondering if it was going to happen today or if it was that can happen at all. Um, again, love the podcast. Keep up the good work. And bye. Oh, it was a shuffle. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> well, now if a shuffle Although costs Tom pointed out, $99 yeah. and he sold it for 30 more, that's like 33% markup. That's, that's not bad there, Peter. I think Peter. somebody would seriously buy a shuffle for $130. Apparently they did. And that's not what he said at all. He said, he just said I he sold- got $30 more. Then he may have gotten for other for non-loaded shuffles. Mm, Peter, you Peter, not, we're, did you now get one hundred and thirty dollars for your crappy little Molly's shuffle? Molly's <laughs> always pushing for clarification. <laughs> this is the part where I get fifty million. How about emails. the part where you said drawn together was going to be free, and poor Peter and Veronica and I all went to try to find it, and it was not free. Yeah, Thanks, I know. Mom. I'm Thanks. horrified, but I will say that um, the other thing I did was I found it on some blog that I'll find in a second here. And that I remember, if you remember, if you listen to yesterday's podcast, you'll remember that I was like, well, it's on MacRumors.com, not MacRumors. I have the transcript right here. and you It's did on say. iPodBank.com, so we'll see. That's yeah. what I said. You did say that. And indeed, on <laughs> iPodBank.com. And we did see. Which is just some community that I've never seen before until yesterday. They said it was free. And uh, and up today. And unfortunately, that's not The true. episode is up today, but it is still, buck it's a buck 99. Yeah. I bought it. You know what? It still worked. I went and bought it. Interesting so, email from Ben. Sprint apparently is hiring bloggers. He said he got an email what? from Sprint after they robo found his resume on Monster.com saying they're hiring bloggers to, quote, monitor content and manage talent and or content for blogs and chat rooms. 
So does this so, mean they're sending people out to squash bad comments against Sprint, or are they going to start some Sprint blogs? To me, it sounds like they're going to start Sprint blogs. Why? For what? For uh-huh. what? Um, I heard the kids are doing that. We should do that. Because that's why. Okay. Yeah. They need some social networking, too. Yeah. They should definitely get some of that. <laughs> some web 2.0 and aspects And yeah. podcasts. And, and tagging. And picture yeah, uploading. Tagging. tagging. Definitely fact, tagging. I think they need tagging. to hire us as consultants. <laughs> we can really we help can improve help your, your tagging. Absolutely. <laughs> and your photo uploading system called Sprinter. Aaron and Marilyn wrote in uh, to chime in about the piece about rebates. We were talking about Best Buy uh, trying to shut down the mail or in rebates and do the mm-hmm. rebates faster for you. Costco, apparently, according to Aaron, already has a nice system for electronically submitting re- rebates. All you do is you go to the website, Costco.com. You click on rebate submission. You punch in a couple of codes from your receipt, and all of your rebates come up, and you do it that way. Because Costco is awesome. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. If he, you have Costco. In he your also memory. said, and this I loved, that um, we gave a shout out to his son, Ethan, a couple of months ago and now whenever he hears the podcast each morning he asks his father to play the one where they say my name so now i can play this one too hi ethan Ethan. how old do you think ethan is i forgot must be kind of young final email justin wrote in to say that icequint is still in business uh because the writer of icequint was able to rewrite the wmv the windows media uh component to cut their software out of the loop they were they were under uh, attack from i I can't remember the the name of the the windows media clone for mac they got a cease and desist to order from them. But what they were is, able um, to rewrite some code. And IceQuint is the program that lets you put video on your Palm? Yep. Okay, so this is all related to the video on Palm juggernaut. Yeah, which is just a, a big deal these days. I know. All right, shout out to Andy in Alameda, who says he is looking at us from across the bay. Creepy. Creepy. Stop looking at me. <laughs> Andy, you're freaking us out, I but thanks for being you. on forever. <laughs> Just look away for a sec, please. Uh, 1-800-616-CNET is the phone number. You can email us, buzz at cnet.com, or join us on the forums. It's always fun. There's a lot of cool stuff in there. And no, Molly doesn't interrupt me all the time. Whole thread about that. I tried really hard uh, today. Yeah. I didn't like it though. See, you just did. Forums.cnet.com. Looking for the buzz out loud. <laughs> I can't stop myself. <laughs> Thanks, folks. Bye. Bye. Bye.